The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. Today on the show, we're excited to have John Weisbarth. With more than a decade of live television experience and seven regional Emmy Awards to his name, John Weisbarth brings his high energy and award-winning style to every project he touches. Quick-witted and affable, he's not afraid to laugh at himself, and John's ability to connect with people is one of his greatest assets. As host of Tiny House Nation, John shows off his versatility by helping families prepare for the extreme downsizing it takes to live in less than 500 square feet. We've invited John to the show because of his connection to home, or at least how he helps everyone make connections to their homes, and also what he lists as one of his greatest assets, connecting with people. Hey, Anna. Yeah? You know Erin's a pretty badass therapist, uh, right? I totally know. I just, like, take notes when she's talking. <laughs> Me too. Some of our audience does as well. Uh-huh. So did you know that there's also a place that you can get information directly from her? On her website, right? Yeah. And didn't you do it? Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, so there's all these free workshops that they're offering. And at thekaliinstitute.com, you can sign up for those. K-A-L-I is how you spell Kali, and then institute, thekaliinstitute.com. Get it done. We're back. We're back in the studio, everybody, and excited to be here. Amy <laughs> starts more every... excited every time. <laughs> every episode starts that way. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And today we are super excited because... We have John Weisbarth on the phone. He is the host of Tiny House Nation. He's super awesome. He was the host uh, with Zach Griffith. Griffin or Griffith? Oh, God. This is so embarrassing. Giffen, no Giffen. R. Oh no, it's R. okay. Every I have a funny story about that. Yeah, that like <laughs> the whole like first year, our production company didn't even know what his name was because every time we went to the airport, his <laughs> ticket know. was under Zach Griffin, and yeah. he had to go through this whole thing. Oh, like, geez. I'm sorry, Mr. Giffen, this is for a Mr. Griffin. And he's oh, like, oh no, yeah. he's like no R. He like hates R's now. He's like it's yeah. the worst totally. letter ever. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. you were the host on the episode that. We were on with Tiny House Nation, 200 square foot mobile photo studio. We recorded that October 2015, which is just crazy. That seems like... It doesn't seem like it was that long. Uh, Yeah, not at all. But so one of the things that really stood out about you to me is how you connected with us throughout that whole process. And we're just super, super thankful for that. And I was just like, he's amazing. And then like we have this podcast and I'm like, we got to talk to John. He's so great. And then (laughs) here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And I tell you what, people ask me about the tiny house all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So... I'm really excited to talk to you and about your whole experience with this. And I'm yeah. excited too. It's been a long time. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to say that 
when you said uh, the one thing that stood out, I was really hoping you were going to say devastatingly handsome. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah, that count now. <laughs> so, John, how did you get started with Tiny House Nation? I know it's kind of an interesting story. I've told it a couple times before, but I was not all that aware of the tiny house movement before the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, people always want to know if, if Zach and I were friends before or if we had a, you know, a business of building houses. And the answer is we didn't. And I think people always ask that because Zach and I as well also have a real true and deep connection. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh. it's, it's really interesting. You know, my career before I was on Tiny House Nation, I was a sportscaster for like 10 years. Ah, like like color commentary, sportscaster? Kind of. It was more like I was the host of the pregame show and the postgame show for the San Diego Padres. Nice. You do kind of have a sportsy voice. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But it was interesting because that model is very analogous to the model that Zach and I had in that I'm always sitting next to the expert. Where Zach mm. is the man that really walked the walk. I don't live in a tiny house. I never have lived in a tiny house. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly want to live in <laughs> 230 square feet. Now, I, I'm a big proponent of right-sized living, and we can get into that later. Yeah. But the point is, Zach is the expert. And I would sit next to the former ball player as well, you know, and as we would go through, you know, a ball game, a pregame show, a postgame show. But the thing that is interesting about the connection part is that it's, like an arranged marriage in a lot of ways. <laughs> ah, where you get, wow. you get sense. that next to somebody and immediately you're expected to have this chemistry. Hmm. Yeah. And so my whole career has been about trying to develop true and like deep, authentic chemistry with someone as quickly as possible. And then that really wow. does fail. You're, you're getting a round of applause <laughs> here good. in the podcast oh, studio. You're speaking going, our John, language. Keep going. Dovetails. That's where you were. But I mean, but, but that, and that is, that, that skill is absolutely the number one thing that I brought to Tiny House Nation. Because yeah. I wasn't yeah. building the house. I'm not the genius. Zach is an absolute genius when it comes to construction. He's like and good at stuff. everything, right? He is. He's a very, very interesting guy. I mean, he's like, you know, I would describe him as not religious, but maybe the most spiritual person I've ever met. Oh, I mean, wow. he is a deep thinker and has a lot of really deep, profound thoughts on a lot of different subjects mm-hmm. from, you know, hardwood to <laughs> tiny houses you know, to just what we're all doing on this planet. Wow. So, yeah, he is good at everything. He's also a professional skier. Yeah. So. Oh, still? Like, I mean, oh, not, yeah. not currently? Oh, yeah. he's still doing it. Yeah, he's like making ski movies. and. No way. I don't know if I realized crushing. he was still doing that. Wow. Where, yeah, where does Zach live? So Zach lives up in Washington State. Okay. He lives in a place called Glacier now. Yeah. It's like, I live down in San Diego. Okay. So I get... If the wind blows the right way, I can throw a rock into Mexico. And if the, if <laughs> yeah. it blows the other way, Zach can throw a snowball into Canada. So they're like, <laughs> All right. Totally. So when did you and Zach first meet? Did you develop okay. your deep connection or? Yeah. So that's yeah. from the show really even, or was that I, earlier? Well, no, it was pretty much on the show. So okay. what the sort of the origin story again of this is. And I don't even know, Anna, if you know this. I was not the first host of Tiny House Nation. Oh, really? No. So I did not they, know that. Yeah. So. 
they were starting up this new show for this new network, FYI, mm-hmm. which was under the A&E umbrella. Oh, okay. And they cast Zach and they cast a different guy. And they started episode one up in like outside of Boston. Hmm. And there was a lot of pressure on the show because the show was one of the shows that was going to launch this new network. And they really had to get it right. And they didn't have much time and blah, 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 which is always the case in these things. And for whatever reason, the connection was not there between Uh. Zach and this other host. And I I don't think it has anything to do with who they were and just more about what the circumstances were. Sure. Really, really hard thing to do to come in on a show when no one really knows what the show is Mm. either. Mm -hmm. And everyone's trying to figure it out on the fly. And so you're getting pulled in all these different directions and you're just trying to like keep your head above water. It's hard to really lock in on, you know, on some of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, they decided pretty early that this pairing isn't going to work and oh. we're going to finish this first episode. We're going to take a week down and then we are starting again and we have to have a host. Hmm. And so that's when it came across to my table. Hmm. So wow. I got a call from my agent and he was like, hey, John, what do you know about tiny houses? I was like, <laughs> I was like you mean for little people? He's like, nope, not at all. I was like, okay, I don't know anything. <laughs> And he's like, well, look it up. You've got a Skype interview tomorrow morning. Whoa. Make sure you put a flannel on. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. For the record, now I've been wearing a flannel. I, I, don't, I don't wear flannels in my real life. Yeah, in San Diego, that doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. the look. Yeah. I've been board short. I'm literally right now, I'm wearing board shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, I mean, a t-shirt honey. With like no shoes on. Oh. And that's how I want to like operate my life. But on TV, I've always got a flannel on. That's a anyway, little so, so I do this quick, I, I, I'm hijacking your podcast here. Sorry, but anyway, no, you're I, good. I, this is I, great. I do this quick Skype interview mm-hmm. on a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that quick, it's like an hour or something. And they go, okay, this is good. We're going to show it to the network. And, you know, we might know pretty quickly. The next day, Saturday, I get a call and I say, okay, the network liked it. They're flying you to New York to meet the contractor. Whoa. Now, the contractor wow. was Zach. But I have no idea. I'm thinking, oh, this is some like 50 something year old, big yeah. gut. Like, yeah. And he's like in a Noah stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I grew up the son of a handyman. Oh, wow. So I for, yeah. So I, I worked for my dad, you know, starting in eighth grade, like over the summer, all the way through high school, all the way through college, and then worked with him as I was trying to become a sportscaster. I, I worked for him, you know, full time. Yeah. So I was, I have a familiarity with tools. Yeah. But we're not construction. And I'm like, yeah. oh man. So I'm like, looking stuff up, trying to, okay, well, joists and okay, and rafters. And I was like trying to like get all this stuff because this, this like big burly contractor is going to be like quizzing me. And so I, <laughs> yeah. I fly to New York. I go to the production company's offices. I walk into this little like conference room and I sit down with the showrunner who is like the head producer of the show. And we talk for about 20 minutes and then in walks Zach. And I almost ordered like water from him because I was like, well, this is clearly not the, this isn't the contractor. I'm like, who's this guy, the intern or something? <laughs> and he sits down in there and I'm like, oh yeah, this is Zach. I was like, whoa. And we start talking. And this is the first time that we have met each other. And we end up talking for about an hour in there. And he was talking a lot about skiing. I like to surf. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, th- that's both water. Okay. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. immediately thinking like, all right, connect, connect. Yeah, like, yeah. What do we have in common? What's our common ground? Yeah. And I quickly realized, I was like, 
you know, I've been surfing my whole life and I would say that I'm like an upper intermediate and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm a pretty good surfer. And then that's like actually a professional skier. It's like, Ooh, okay. Don't, <laughs> we're not going to go tit for tat here. He's like jumping off of mountains. I'm like, yeah. how big is that wave? Four feet? I'm going to send this one out. So, <laughs> I was like, we're not quite on the same level there. No problem. But yeah, we spend about an hour talking and then they say, okay, well, let's go get something on tape. And, oh, wow. and I was like, okay, great. What are we doing? He's like, I don't know. Let's just see what happens. I and so, are so they... that was the first, second episode of the show? No, 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 no. That, no, this is just like a, a screen test. So we oh, just, screen uh, test. Okay. So okay, we just it. go to a hardware store <laughs> in oh, Manhattan. My and with, gosh. And with no direction and a camera following us, we just walked through the store and something clicked there's so much about that that is so funny and i could Uh, imagine it being like so awkward but it sounds like no it was a great connection no no it was totally awkward no it was (laughs) was, i wouldn't say it was awkward the connection wasn't awkward what was awkward was i i really wanted this thing this is a big deal for me zach was totally green when it came to television okay right and so but in a way that was good because then he wasn't performing right which made that i didn't have to perform which meant we could actually just have like a real connection yeah and and just kind of like hang out and so we got through and also he was really boy how can i say this i mean giving i Mm. guess of his he doesn't have a big ego so there was no posturing Mm. of like who neither of you kind of come across well, well, that way at all. Neither of you have one at all, it seems like, which is so nice. Well, I mean, and that's truthfully, that's that's kind of how it went. So anyway, we went through that. And this is, I'm going to wrap the story up, I promise. And then we'll have four <laughs> minutes for questions. <laughs> <laughs> so we do the thing. It goes pretty well. It's kind of hard to tell. You don't know exactly what they're mm-hmm. looking for. So we kind of wrap that up. We go back to the thing and say, okay, you know, we'll, we're going to cut this up and show it to the network and, you know, We'll let you know tomorrow, John. I'm like, oh, God. So Zach and I then went to, there's like a little pub around the corner. Mm-hmm. And we said, hey, we, let's have a beer. Mm-hmm. And so the two of us sat down at this bar. And we ordered a beer. And it ended up being two beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and about an hour and a half of us just sitting there talking. Huh. And in a lot of ways, we hashed out what our relationship would be like on the show. Wow. How this, it was really crazy. He, Zach, I found out, he, he asked me, so what do you know about the tiny house movement? I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. This is like the third day I've known this. Thing. <laughs> and, and his reaction was like, I think that's great. He's yeah. like, you know, wow. they don't want some crazy, they can't be some crazy hippie guy like ranting and raving about the tiny house movement. It, it won't get accepted. I'm just preaching to the mm-hmm. choir. Yeah. He's like to have you who's sort of new to this, a little bit of the everyman, mm-hmm. that you can help package the message and spread the word more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, awesome. That's kind of what my career has been. I've always been kind of the, you know, the everyman mm-hmm. sort of guy. I'm not an expert in anything, but I sort of, you know, dabble in all things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he always, he's always like, he also said, he's like, you, you can make fun of me if you want. On the show. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, you can make fun of me. I'm like, oh, great. And we just had, it was just, it, it was this arranged marriage. That, that is so that they put interesting. Two people together that work. And, and then the rest is history. Wow. I mean, so much so that 
Zach got married last August, not this summer, but last August. And he asked me to be the wedding officiant. Oh, wow. You know, so if people ask, oh, are you guys really friends? It's like, well, yeah, we truly, really are. So it was cool. So I just have to ask you, it sounds like that initial, like, you know, initial beers after you first met, you were like almost like setting up front intentional boundaries that sound they're like like oh i'm okay if you make fun of me oh yeah i'm okay if you make fun is that something that you have done in other relationships or like other male friendships or was that kind of out of your norm that's a good question so i would say that might be one of the first times i've ever sort of done it that sort of bluntly yeah. and intently. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you actually just say, hey, this, that. Yeah. I'm a big self-deprecating kind of person. So uh-huh. I think that that sort of comes off, mm-hmm. you know, as I get to know me. I mean, one of the things is, is that I still live in the town that I grew up in. Uh-huh. That most of my friends are people that I played under 10 soccer with. I mean, people that I have <laughs> known for close to 40 years. Wow. And, and I, was, I was very lucky in that, you know, when you're little, your friends by proximity. Yeah, you know, right. Choosing your class, who lives <laughs> right. around your block, who's on your team. You don't really choose. And it's not <laughs> oftentimes, it's not until you go to college that you really sort of get to seek out who your real tribe is. That's a good point. You know, so your, true. Who your people, because it's the first time that you, you're exposed to a wider swath of people and you get to decide. It's not just who happened to be sitting next to you in, you know, Mrs. Londe's third grade class. <laughs> right, right, right. I got very lucky in that the people that I was sort of, you know, close to have turned out to be incredible people. And, and I mean, just like some of the best guys that I've ever met in my life. And they're mm. just stand up people, smart and funny, but really just, you know, great husbands and fathers. Mm. And so... You know, I only bring that up to say that a lot of the relationships I have, like male relationships, are, you know, are, are founded over, you know, nearly four decades of experience. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of what our relationships are based on, it's very subtle and it's things that maybe no one else would even pick up on. But, sure. you know, it's like people that you I'm sure it's like the three of you. I don't know how long you guys have all been friends, but there's that time where, I mean, even right now you're in the yeah. studio and you can just non-verbally can, I'm sure communicate. Yeah. Lots of nonverbals. It's so true. (laughs) It's almost like that familial where you just you're so close or if you've grown up with friends like that, it's almost more like a cousin, I feel like sometimes, yeah. or I don't know, like some, yeah. if you're close to your cousin, I don't know. But, you know <laughs> but never I, I mind. I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. It's like family, not yeah. only like your brother, your sister, or your mom, or your dad, but right. like there's a deep connection. Yeah. 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 So John, do you have any like tips for people about how to make connection like, or to have that like chemistry? I mean, I guess I've always heard that chemistry isn't something that you can force or manufacture, but Is there, especially because I feel like a lot of males as adults have a hard time keeping connections with friends and you grew up in the same town, but you're still friends with them. And so with Anna's question, like, how have you done that? Because I feel like that's a struggle often for some men. I mean, it's probably a struggle for everybody. Yeah. But I know your point, you know, about guys is is well taken. And, you know, I'm, I'm. 43 of a seven-year-old. How old's Henry, by the way, Anna? He is almost six, if you can believe it. God, that's so I remember yeah. they were about the same age. Yeah, God, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> when you 
get into life, whether you're male or female, right? And then you start having family. You know, you've got you've got your work, you've got your family, you've got all this stuff that's going on. The thing that seems to like take a back seat is the friendships. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or it can. You know what I mean? It's like you know, I said I live in the same town. There's guys that, that I really do count as these just deep, long standing friendships that I still I kind of barely see. Yeah. And I and they're a few blocks away. You know, I'll <laughs> see them like driving by and we'll give a wave, but I'm not getting that time and it's just everyone is so busy i actually just i had this conversation it's so funny you know i guess in preparation for this <laughs> you know i live in the same town but not everyone still lives here so one of my best friends lives in new york and, and he was out here for his 25 year high school reunion he went to a, a private school out here and he said to me he's like i need to be a better friend <gasps> and he wasn't so even true. speaking of that towards me but just in general he's like yeah he was talking about another buddy he's like i haven't seen him in you know 10 years yeah we'll talk a little bit but i know i'm not really answering your question yet but i i guess what i'm trying to say is that maintaining those friendships is difficult and it's not difficult but it takes effort and that's the same thing in terms of this like trying to build chemistry very quickly you can't force or fake chemistry right i mean you can try but people's you know bullshit meter Mm -hmm. is just (laughs) bing 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 bing. i mean very We're all super intuitive Mm -hmm, about that. And so, but I do think that you can be open to it. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, it's almost like when I was, when Zach walked into that room, I'm like, okay, well, what do we have a connection on? Oh, Mm -hmm. skiing, surfing. Okay, it's water. Okay, great. There's this. And we all drink water. Oh my gosh! And I'm thirsty now. Are you thirsty? That's amazing. Look how much we have in common. I mean, it, it really was. It, you know, and Anne, I'd be I'd be curious from your standpoint because you I've never spoken with this about you know someone that was in your position hmm. and your position being you've never really been on television and now you're being asked to essentially star in an episode of television. Yeah. And you've got this like the pirate the land pirates just kind of swoop into town (laughs) you know they're speaking a different language there's cameras there are lights they're all up in your personal space and you know you're kind of managing a little one and you have all this stuff that's going on and that can be really intimidating and i really see my job my sole job is to try and make that situation as comfortable as possible mm. for someone like, you know, you and Aaron and Henry or whatever. So did you can be as authentic and real and, and kind of forget about that stuff. Like, what was your impression of all of that? Oh, you know, I was actually telling Amy and Aaron about this before the episode. I was like, it was so great because one of the first things that you did is you took Aaron and I aside and you said, you know, whatever <laughs> the producers ask you about or whatever they urge you to say, perhaps you're going to be the one saying it. So you have to feel good about what you say. Do you remember having that conversation? with us? Yeah, I do. God, I'm so proud of myself for doing yeah, it. Yeah, it, so, awesome. it was so great because it was like you being the host of the show really gave us permission to show up in a way that was truthful and honest to ourselves, which, you know, in a situation like that where you feel <laughs> kind of the pressure from the producer's that they want something in particular and you might not know exactly what it is they want. Like having that clearance from you of like, make sure you're proud of what you're saying and that you stand by what you're saying and don't be swayed by any sort of pressure. It really not only 
allowed us to do that, but it also like made us trust you so much. And it was like, okay, this John guy, he's great. Like he's super nice, obviously, but to like come out and directly for you to tell us that it was just so it just sealed the deal on us trusting you. And it made the whole process like, okay, this guy's got our back. Awesome. Well, I I appreciate you saying that. And you know, the truth is, is that that that's a lesson that I had to learn myself. Mm -hmm. What what made you learn that? I mean, doing 10 years of live television before tiny house nation even started. You, Mm. you, especially when, you know, you're, I'm a people pleaser by Mm -hmm. nature. And you want to p- please these people. Yeah. But what I, what I would, you know, what I found out, you know, if, if you're a sportscaster, if you're anchoring a show, it doesn't matter what happens or who caused that to happen. Yeah. You're the one on the hook for it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nobody knows that this editor edited <laughs> the wrong sequence to, you know, so you, you're like, okay, do this shot, this shot, this shot. And so you've written to that, but you haven't had time to look at it because you're just going. And so you get on there and you're, you know, you're, you're reading a highlight or something and you're describing the wrong highlight. Mm. Well, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, that guy's terrible. And, and it's, it was a lot of things like that where okay. I realized nobody cares what caused this thing to happen, whatever happened, you have to own. And then that translates into these things. And the one thing I hate about, you know, quote unquote, reality TV (laughs) is when they ask people who are not actors to try and act and pretend. And I'm such a bigger fan of let's just have an authentic moment. And so that's what I was trying to communicate to you. It's like, listen, and it's these producers are under pressure to get this thing. They're trying to tell this story. And so when you feel that happening, just don't give into it because a it's not going to be as good, and the show's mm-hmm. going to be better if you are authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I I think that's what happened. Was that process gradual for you, or did you have like a before and after incident that happened? No, I mean it was it was gradual. It was like incidents. It was just like I mean I'm not that smart. You have to hit me <laughs> in the head a couple of times. <laughs> But it was, and, and that, you know, and that is, it's fueled by your ego, right? Because yeah. you're embarrassed and you're like, gosh, and you want to be like, it's not my fault, but yeah. like, it doesn't do anything. So what's, you know, what it taught me is to, it's just, I have to own it. I mean, it's like you hear about this, like in the military or whatever. It's like whoever the leader is or business, it's like, yeah, like, I don't think that this, you know, general or whatever caused this private to do whatever, had any knowledge that he was doing something. But it doesn't matter. If you're at the top of the of the pyramid or whatever, you are responsible. So you have to do whatever it takes to be able to be kind of proud of that and, you know, whatever whatever that is. And so it was just, yeah, stop trying to, like, you know, I don't know, see what the blame is and just be like, be more thorough in something and be able to think on your feet more or something like that does happen or, or actually go in and double check or, you know, whatever, or have the conversation with the person, not in a way that's like, you made me look like an idiot. I can't believe it. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And more like, so you see what happened there? And, and, and guarantee they feel way worse than you do. Right. And so, you know, and you kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know. I was taught by a high school soccer coach a long time ago that people are going to work harder for someone that they don't want to let down right. rather than someone that they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble. For. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole parenting thing, too. Right. Like there's so, a whole that quadrant of like, are you an authoritative parent or I don't even remember all the options, but it's that same concept where like the likelihood of like developing more love and respect and a healthier relationship parent child is not to be 
the authoritative. No, I think authoritative is the good one. But what's the, <laughs> like the, do you know what I'm talking we'll about? Google this. Yeah. 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 This confirms exactly what I think about parenting. And that's that I have no idea what I'm doing every yeah, day. There I'm you like, go. God, let's try and figure this out. <laughs> but it is something like yeah. that kind of more military rule. Like, although that is seemingly like beyond, you know, decreasing, but that type of parenting style is not working. It doesn't work. It doesn't work as well for you know what's interesting? the majority. Like, just to get on, I mean, I talk a lot about parenting with my friends because that's what we're all in. And I, and yeah. I feel like it's a really, it's a head scratching time <laughs> to be a parent. <laughs> yeah. you know, it just, really just, is. Just in terms of, you know, which is fits in line a little bit with what you guys talked about, this, this interconnectivity, but also more alone than ever. And mm-hmm. Yeah. The role that social media plays and how to like navigate that with yourself and then especially with your kids and, and how that all works out. But, you know, one of the things about parenting that, you know, I'm a people pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be loving. I want to do that. But you have to have boundaries. Have to. And my wife read this book and I would love to say I read it, but she basically <laughs> is giving me the cliff notes. <laughs> And I think it was by, oh gosh, I hope I get the author right. I think it was Brene Brown, but oh. the title of the book was, oh, actually, I'm in our bedroom and it's sitting right here. She's in her, yeah. It is. That's Andy. Perfect. <laughs> Check that yeah. author. <laughs> it's, oh boy, Robin Berman. Okay, not at all Brene Brown, but it's called per- Brene it's Brown's called, good stuff. Yeah, it is. But it's called Permission to Parent. Oh. Uh, ah. And it was like, oh, this is what I needed because. I'm not authoritarian by nature, but I also, I, you know, with our son, especially, I feel like man, he responds better when there are known boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yes. You know, it's like how to raise your child with love and limits. Yes, and it's exactly. Like, and just to have someone write it down and be like, yeah, it is okay for you to set a limit. And I know that sounds so like simple. And so like, well, of course, you're the parent. You should be doing that. And I agree. And I was never a better parent in my whole life than before I had kids. But something happens <laughs> yeah. when, you get, yeah. when you get worn down, you know, over time yeah. and you find yourself coalescing and you're like, God, this isn't making it better. What's going on? And I just like this thing, permission to parent was like, boom, mm-hmm. was like, oh, that was such a great thing to like. I don't know. It was just saying like, yeah, it's okay. You're allowed to be a parent. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're right. You are. So that was, I don't know. That was a big one. For, huh. for we'll us. have to check that out. <laughs> so John, I have a question about the tiny houses. <laughs> yeah. Nice segue. Beautiful. So have yeah. you. Bringing it back. Thank you, Anna. Usually, okay. So usually it's Amy who's like taking us back. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, la la I'm usually this the one like, what's that shiny light? Let's. Let's look at that. So Amy's going to tell us about her dream next. Just kidding. (laughs) So, okay. What's up with everybody wanting a bathtub in their tiny house? I've noticed this is a thing. Yeah. That's a good question. I I mean, you know, I don't want to put this on a male female thing, but I will say that I don't remember the last time I took a bath. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even like... Baths aren't really a thing past the age of like 10, I thought. <laughs> Some and people so, love them, though. Yeah, I do. I'm a fan. Well, no, apparently. <laughs> I think, I think. Yeah, I'm just like, what is up? It must be like a demographic thing or like something with tiny houses and bathtubs. Because I'm like, why does everybody that would take up the whole tiny house? Wait, though, well, John, yeah. how many people actually get a bathtub in their tiny house? I mean, or like, I, have, like I don't have access to that sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yet, but okay. I mean, 
you know, but what I would say is like over I, half. I, I honestly don't know. Okay. I, I think what it is, I think it's almost this idea of, you know, you tell someone you're moving into a tiny house. You tell them you're moving into something that's, you know, under 300 square feet, you know, 230 square feet or something. And they're just like, oh, you can't have anything in there. And I think it might it almost as a reaction to that. of Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can even have a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, subconsciously or, you know, it's like kitchens and bathrooms, right? That's what sells houses. It's the same thing that people like about tiny houses. And so, you know, we have done some really extravagant kitchens and really extravagant bathrooms hmm. for sure. And I think that's just, that's the part that people sort of, I don't know, gravitate to. And so and the bathtub. It is kind of interesting to think one. about like the kitchen is often where people gather. Right. Yep. And so you can yep. see why, but then it's like maybe the bathtub or bathroom is more of a sense of like self-care. Like yeah, you, like sure. I don't know. Sure, Has and it... one of the few, one of the few spaces in a tiny house where you can actually be by yourself. Yeah, right? Right. yes, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Has working yeah. with the tiny houses has it changed your perspective on home? A hundred percent. Ah, interesting. Like a thousand percent. How so? Well, first of all, just in the size of a home. I mean, I know that sounds obvious, but I don't know. I was walking around. I'd be walking around my hometown. I'd be like, oh, look at that big giant house. That looks so awesome. I mean, I look at those now and I'm almost, I don't want to say appalled. I'm not appalled, but I'm definitely turned off by it. Mm-hmm. And the house we live in is too big for us. There's only three of us. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, you know, I'm the pare down guy. I'm the guy that like helps people, you know, <laughs> get rid of all their stuff. We have too much stuff. Mm. Yeah. And it makes me uncomfortable. I don't love all that we have. I and mean, what I, my ideal house, you know, here in Southern California would be something that's like 800 to a thousand square feet. So not tiny, but not giant, well-designed with some real outdoor space. Yeah. And outdoor space, you know, in, in, in my hometown, all the lots are very small. The houses are right on top of each other, but you can still carve out, you know, some outdoor space. Yeah. And, and that's what, and it's, you can be outside every day of the year, right. yeah. a year ago, you know? And so it's so useful. And what, what's happening in our town is all the little houses that are here, are, people are buying them for like $2 million just so they can knock them down and then build a giant house on every square inch of lot that they're legally allowed to. Mm-hmm. And I just am like, oh, it just turns me off so much. Was that what you were talking about? Right size living at the beginning of the episode? Totally. Yeah. So, I love that like, phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know that, you know, 300 square feet is right for a family of four, but I don't think that, 5,000 square feet for a couple is the right size either. Yeah. You know, when I talk about a tiny house, truly I'm talking about an efficient house. I'm talking about a space that is everything you need, but nothing that you don't. Mm. And to me, that is what tiny living really is. And I think, and Zach and I talk about this all the time. I think moving into a tiny house, and, and Annie, you can tell me what you think. That's an extreme move. Mm. Yes. That is 
as extreme as two people living in 5,000 square feet or more. I mean, it is at the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it is for everybody. And we certainly don't encourage everybody to do that. I love that it's happening. I love that we can show what it does. It's a powerful tool Mm -hmm. for sure, but it's not easy. And it does come with sacrifice. I think there's a much higher volume of people that can watch a show like Tiny House Nation and go from 3,000 square feet to 1,500 square feet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, I can kind of open your eyes. Wait, 1,500 square feet is not tiny at all, mm-hmm. but it's comfortable. And I think that's the real power of this movement is mm-hmm. that you can, you know, you can have the size that you are, you know, as you're currently living in. Mm-hmm. Go from 3,000 to 1,500 and you can just, that, that's a huge move. Mm-hmm. But it's not a tiny house, but I still think it's important. Has anyone freaked out mid-episode and realized what was happening and then like <laughs> wanted like, no. to retract? <laughs> not really. Not really? By okay. the time, and Anna, you can speak to this. I mean, it's not like we showed up and said, hey, we're going to try something new. What do you yeah. think? And you're like, yeah, oh, right. I guess. I mean, you know, the process of doing it, especially you know, when we first started the show, it was very new and it was hard to find people. By the time that we... When did you start the show? When was that? 2014. 2014. Okay. It was like April or March of 2014. Yeah. And so by the time the show started airing and people started seeing it, they kind of knew what to expect. And so, I mean, they've been, you know, most people didn't wake up one day and say, oh, let's go tiny. And then a week later, we're there. I mean, it's a long process. They've thought about it a long time. I would say probably that realization comes at like month two or three or four of living in it. And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Not quite what I expected. I mean, did you? I, I'm curious, you know, what what was the experience like for you? Yeah, so, gosh, it was a big buildup, I guess. So we first got introduced to tiny houses. Gosh, we actually did have a pretty quick turnaround, actually. So we saw my tiny house in Colorado Springs, and I was like, it was a tumbleweed tiny house. And I was like, I yep. love this thing. We got to do this. And then I was like looking into like, oh, if we wanted to do this, how could we, you know, get help with the cost of creating this? And, you know, we could rent out our condo or sell it and live in the tiny house. So it was a pretty quick process that's kind of the way you roll it's how I roll I kind of go big it's like let's do it and then we're all in and so saw the tiny house fell in love then we were cast on this show like (laughs) how long how long was that process oh maybe four or five months it was pretty quick yeah and it was like well you were still pretty new I mean like the show was still pretty new they were like and we were getting four episodes like we we need people we need people so yeah like Like, sure a little quicker back then yeah yeah and then we worked with the builder to come up with the design and it changed many many times it ended up being quite a bit more than we planned on spending and then John I don't think you know about this but my husband lost his job soon after we built the tiny house oh no yeah so we had to sell it isn't that crazy yeah that was a hard it time it was such a bummer it was like oh my gosh like we have how to quick, how quick did you have to sell like you live like, in it for a week like two months after we got it we oh, had to sell man. it yeah so it's out living its life we don't you know it's like oh it was so gorgeous but it was like man we have to do this adult decision here and yeah. like you know, what do we do with this loan on this tiny house? And then we were like, okay, to actually move it, we have to buy like a huge truck. So it just yeah. was like, crap, this isn't working the way we wanted it to. But we well, were just totally like, out of your control. If- yeah, it was totally out of our control. I was like, oh, you're losing your job right now. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> timing, <laughs> dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, so no. uh, yeah, 
that was a bummer. But how many of the people who build their tiny homes live in it as their primary residence versus like, I would imagine maybe second home type? Or does that even go against maybe the whole purpose? So there's two questions there. So the first question, I have no idea. You know, basically, most people are not, at least the way it's projected to us. Yeah. Is that this is their, they're doing this as their primary home. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and Zach and I, we are pretty insulated from a lot of the like nitty gritty detail of that kind of stuff. And I think on... I think it's on purpose. Yeah. So that yeah. we don't get bogged down that. And then also you have to remember when we're in production, I mean, it is an absolute whirlwind. Yeah. We are, we it's are impressive. Going from, we're going from wow. town to town. And the thing is, once we like, you get through this like crazy week with us. Yeah. And then we pack the circus up and go to the next town <laughs> and start it all over again. Yeah. Cause wow. ours was built in five days or seven days. Oh my gosh. Insane. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole thing wasn't built that fast, but by yeah. the time we were there, yeah, you know, it's like the the last part of it is it's like it I happened don't know. real quick. I think it was. Wow. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. No. Well, <laughs> what I would say is, it seems like it was seven days. <laughs> One well, we week. We were there for that time, but we didn't show up to a blank trailer. Oh, okay. Like they had it like framed out. Your builder, yeah, your builder had a lot of this stuff done. But okay. it, what's interesting is the show morphed so you know your episodes or your episode you guys just did one right mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> was, you don't we remember john we have five tiny houses <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> it morphed a lot like yeah we did come to some blank trailers in the beginning of the show and it was like whew, it would take a long time to like i mean a long time being like 14 days oh okay which is like super super fast that's a long time when you're only supposed to be there for seven mm-hmm. it's a lot of overages and stuff and so they you know we started showing up to more and more complete tiny homes and, and this last season we did they tweaked the format a bit which i actually liked it was kind of leaning into the reality of the situation because mm-hmm. what had come what had happened is we were showing up for the last week and then through the, you know, TV magic, <laughs> pretending like we'd been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, again, my whole thing is about authenticity on this. And then we're kind of shooting it out of order and we're trying to like mm. remember like, well, what do I know now? And what don't I know now? Oh, yeah, that's just, hard. They just did away with all of that and just owned what the truth of the matter was. Was it, okay, yeah, we're showing up at the, you know, last part of this build. We're going to do a special project and we're like for whatever reason this build has stalled and we're going to come in here and inject the you know uh, energy into it and we're going to push this thing across the finish line and that was great because oh, i mean cool. I, yeah i mean our the show is never about like watching zach rough in the plumbing and <laughs> right. the electrical you know like who cares if he's there framing yeah. it? it's more about the yeah. specialty builds yeah and like that connection to your story you yeah. know yeah so I'm curious about your traveling, like, because it sounds like with the tiny houses, obviously you have to go everywhere. But then for you, then in opposition is that you grew up in the same town that you still live in now. So what is that like to travel all around and then be able to go back to like your village? Yeah, you? that's a great, that's a great question. And what I will, what I'll say, you know, it's kind of a, a two part thing. One, it was really difficult in the beginning and the difficult part of it was being away from my family. Mm-hmm. The first year of the show, 
I spent 230 days on the road. Oh, my. And it went from like zero to 60. It was just like came out of nowhere. It, when I was a sportscaster, I never traveled. We did everything from the studio. Mm, so wow. I was always around. And my son at the time, when we started in, in you know March of 2014, he was 18 months old. So it was a oh. year and a half. And I'd been the primary caregiver. My wife was working. I was like trying to get a job. Yeah. And I just remember being so conflicted mm. in everything in that like the two things that I've wanted to do kind of my whole life is one to be an entertainer, to entertain people, to get out and do that. And the other was to be a dad. Mm. And then they were, you know, pulling at each other. Mm-hmm. It was like, I couldn't do both. I felt like a delinquent father and husband. And I was just like, oh, I'm ruining this little kid's life. And like, I, you know, he's not even going to know who his dad is. I mean, I was being very dramatic. As you can see, <laughs> I've got a little bit of that. Hence the and, entertainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, is that because we were in my hometown, you know, my parents are here. My sister is here. He was surrounded. My, I'm talking, I'm speaking to my son. It was, it was surrounded by love mm. and it was able to help you know my wife who was working full-time who got who just gotten a new job oh, like two wow. weeks before i got mine and so she's just like head down working so hard to you know you know how it is when you start a new thing you're like yeah. oh, okay i gotta do all this catch up and so it was really challenging on a personal level and, and it wasn't like i was gone selling aluminum siding being like <laughs> oh i hate this i just need to get home i loved what i was doing mm. Yeah. But boy, I remember just being an absolute basket of emotions. I mean, no joke, like weeping on plane rides. <laughs> just like I was a wreck. Yeah. But, you know, I give my wife so much credit for, you know, not only sort of managing all of that, but we've always had a really, we've had a good relationship and we're really good at communicating, uh. which is honestly, you know, one of the uh, things I noticed recognized in her very early when we were just dating. I was like, oh man, like this is a person that I could, you know, raise a kid with. This wow. is this is someone that is a great communicator. Like what? Plus, awesome. what? Great boobs. Great communicator. The only, two, the only two boxes I've got on the list. So. <laughs> done and done. Yep. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is. So, like, what did that look like? Like, what was she doing or what were you seeing, you know, practically speaking? Besides the boobs. <laughs> besides the boobs. Like, on oh, the communication oh. side. <laughs> we've always been, like, big communicators. And I, I said, like, oh, we've never even had a fight. We've had tons and tons and tons of disagreements. Hmm. But she's just not comfortable leaving something, you know, in a weird spot. Hmm. Which means that... When we have a discussion, it's about the thing that is bothering us. It's not three weeks later wow. and the cupboard is, is left great. open and there's a and there's a big fight. You're, like, you're getting a fist pump. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> From Aaron, therapist but, Aaron. Yeah. But you know what I mean. It, 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 yeah. It's and so that's how we've always operated. But then I was in such a weird headspace because I was just again I was just feeling. I was missing my family and I, and I was like recognizing this opportunity in my career as like, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. And I have to really yeah. lean into this. And there was all of this going on where at, at one point I kind of said to her, I was like, I just can't, I can't hear about, 
you know, what's going on at home. It makes me mm. miss it too much. And yeah. that lasted for about <laughs> 10 days. <laughs> and it was like, this is not how we operate. Yeah. And it, and it felt terrible. And, it, and that was a real, I, I was just talking. It's so funny. I was talking to, to my wife, Megan, about this like last night. Oh, wow. Even. And it's actually one of the things I'm most proud of because we didn't do it right the first time. Mm. We didn't intuitively know it. Even the thing that we'd always done, I was in such a weird spot that we like went against it. Mm. And what I'm most proud of is our ability to notice that and unwind it and be like, wait a second. And to like have that sort of tough conversation and figure it out. And then, oh, okay, that this is better. I mean, there's like the difference yeah. between, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, just stuff those emotions down. It's like, when does that ever work? <laughs> right. Never. Let's not communicate. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I don't know. I was just really, I, I just think, you know what it is? We went to a wedding this weekend. And so whenever you go to that, oh, you start yeah. talking about like your, you know, your relationship. And I, I don't know. That was one of the things that I actually was, was really proud of is that I sort of had the wrong thought on that. And she recognized it as wrong, but it was like, well, this is what he needs. And we yeah. kind of went along with it and then realized, no, 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 no. This is, this is bad for <laughs> That was for a the terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and then like, to, really I feel <laughs> for both of you to be able to course correct and like yeah. have that willingness and openness to try something new. You know, I think that's a great sign of just like, you know, a, a couple or a relationship testing something, not working, correcting, testing it, you know, or like, I don't know, well, just it's growing like we're gonna, together. Like and, we're going to keep working on it until we yeah, figure it out. Yeah. I'm curious totally. about what you did to work on that, to manage that for yourself personally. Like, how did you get to a good spot with that? Or what did you do for well, that? Well, I mean, it's a little bit like anything where, you know, the, the more you do something, it becomes your new normal a mm-hmm. little bit. Right. So it became a little more routine. But that's also, there's also a danger in that. Yeah. Right. And what I would hear all the time when I'm out on the road from people that have been in the business a lot longer, they're like, oh, yeah. Basically, the message was, oh, everyone gets divorced. Mm-hmm. This always happens. And I just, I remember just saying to myself, that's not going to happen to me. There's no way. Like, I want this career so bad, but not more than, I, than my family. Right. And that if I have to walk away from this thing and it basically ends my career, well, then I'll just go be a handyman like my dad. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I would, I would, I would be a terrible handyman. It would be so, <laughs> we would be so much, we'd be in such trouble, but we'd be together. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I was just like, that is more important. And I really, truly felt that and believe that. And so, you know, we communicated better. That helped. And the other thing that was actually a big part of it was when I realized that my son was like flourishing. That he was surrounded by this love, that he was okay. It would have been such a different experience. I don't know that I would, you know, I would have even made it to see you, Anna, in, in Denver, if he had been struggling, had been acting out, had you had something, you know, where you're just like, oh, even if it didn't, if it wasn't tied to his father being away, which I would argue, of course, that's what it would have been. <laughs> but even if it hadn't been, I would have thought it was, mm-hmm. and I would have just like, well this is not more important than my son, but luckily he, he did great. And that's a, that's a huge credit to my wife. It's a huge credit to my family that was here. I mean, my sister has been his nanny, 
you know, and his aunt mm. for like his whole life. And, mm-hmm. and she has, you know, she has a little girl now, Abigail, who's almost two. And these two, Jake and Abigail, they are sibling cousins. And Aww. it is so cute. So great. I mean, because, and it's so great because we're not going to have another kid, but he gets to have this like a little sister. But he doesn't yeah. have to share his parents. He doesn't have to share his toys. He <laughs> doesn't have to share his room. So he's like, it's all the benefit of yeah. it. He's got this little like person that adores him. Oh, I mean, so the sun rises and sets, you know, <laughs> where Jake is. Oh, and yeah. It's really cool. It's great. To, it's great to see. So, and did you say they're across answer, the street? You guys are across the street yeah, from each other? Across the street. Yeah. Like, that really so, is like I mean, the best yes. setup. <laughs> totally. Totally. But yeah, so to answer your question, it got better because we got a little bit used to it. Our communication improved. I realized that Jake wasn't like spiraling out of control. In fact, he was quite the opposite. And so I felt a little bit more confident, like, okay, get over yourself, dad. Your, you know, <laughs> absence isn't bringing the whole family down. They're doing pretty darn good. And that allowed me to lean into the career a little bit. And then after that first year, I basically came back and said, I can't sustain this. Mm -hmm. And we want to, like, the show's going well. I want the show to be a success, but I can't do 230 days. And so it ended up, you know, we negotiated some stuff where I I ended up negotiating where I would come home between every episode. And sometimes, that's awesome. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes there's only three days down and you're on the East Coast. So it didn't make any sense at all. But I just said, I'm going to do that. There's a lot of red eyes, it was a lot of stuff. But what I found was even coming home and getting one day that let the pressure off the dam. Yeah. You know, instead of that growing exponentially, it was like, okay, you know, we're at 90% capacity right now. And if I stayed out for another week, damn breaking and we're overflowing. Mm, I come yeah. home, all right, we got it down to 60%. And that was manageable, you know? And there was like, okay, we kind of climb back up. And so it was just a little bit of rescheduling and, you know, and I, and I I'm stoked that the production company allowed me to do that as well. So it ended up working out. You're like, it's, that's the like the, you're the perfect host for Tiny House Nation. Cause it's like, you've lived how <laughs> you have lived, how important home is. Yeah. And you have totally, you know, did what you need to do to make it happen so that you could reconnect when you need to, to home. And now it's so, it's so cool that that's what you're doing professionally, you mm-hmm. know, helping yeah. other people, I guess, you know, really create that connection as well. I gotta say it was a rough thing because to that point, you know, a lot of people, the number one motivation for going tiny is, is an economic one, which I totally get. But second, right there, right underneath it for a lot of people was this connection to family. Mm. And so I'm going around the country and I'm like encouraging this and talking about how wonderful this is. And at the same time, I'm like away from my family. And I remember just being like, oh, gosh, like this is so weird and hard. And yeah, like, yeah, I'm not out there. You know, and it sounds there's nothing more annoying than someone that's on television talking about how hard their job is. And so let me just be like (laughs) super clear that it is an amazing job and I'm not out there digging ditches. But I yeah. just wasn't prepared or had never considered the aspect of, oh, being away from family and home and what that can mean to your personal life. And so that was just something that I was not aware of. It just was not on my radar. And it took me a while to course correct and to figure that out. And now that I did, it's been great. It really has. And so, yeah, I just want to be 
clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and as with everything, right? I mean, live and learn, mm-hmm. right? And you don't know what you don't know yeah. until. Totally. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, we are at the top of the hour here. And we have so to let them warmed up. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? We could keep going and going and going on this one. But what we usually do with our guests is we end the show. Wait, you were going to ask us what? a question. I was. We, oh, no. I, I think I was going to ask about Henry. I think it was. Oh, was, oh okay, cool. I was okay. kind of curious yeah. about like, because I remember. You're like, what is the question? Yeah. 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 They were close in age. Okay. Go well, on. How long have you guys known each other? Gosh, we've known each other how many years? So, this is always... 2016. 2016. And mm-hmm. I've known you... So, Anna and I met, I don't know, like 2015? Yeah. When when you moved to Denver, right? So, that was 2014. Okay. I moved to Denver. And then, yeah, and then you and I, well... 16. Gosh. 16. We always do this I mean, every sorry, time. I thought it was going to be an easy question. This is my yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always like, real. let's but, figure this out real quick. I know. <laughs> but you know, we've been having this 6 a.m. coffee. That, so that's been our... Every single in, week. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know how you had made the comment, John, about maintaining friendships takes effort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we all... You know, I guess we got to a place where it was like very intentional, like, okay, you know, we want to maintain this. How are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And we found that with our busy schedules, 6 a.m. on Wednesday mornings was the way that we could do that. And that so we. Your window. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. So we, we've <laughs> met for coffee. Every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For like three and a half years. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And I mean, essentially, that's what this podcast is born out of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, John, we'd like to finish the episode with a completely random question. So it has nothing to do with tiny houses. It has nothing to do with Anna, And we don't even know what these are just as a nope. heads up. Anna knows that. It's just a random question yes. I have. Yes. <laughs> so we're surprised it. as you are. So. Okay, so the question is, okay, a crime is legal for one hour. What do you do? Oh, Ooh. Oh, they like this one. Did his dad murder a bunch of people? <laughs> no. Um, so just like any crime, any crime. Thing, this is why this is a good question for me. I am such a by the book, Brooke. I am such a <laughs> rule follower. Oh. And so is my son. That I'm like, I can't even grapple this question. <laughs> I'm like, do I jaywalk? No, 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 no. That would be a bad example. I'm like, you might get hit by a car. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Boy, I'm going to have to answer this, huh? A crime is legal. Well, okay. What this would is- you do, Anna? Yeah, Anna. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's it's a hard. This is a hard it one. It is a hard one. No, here, here's here's my answer, and it's like it's going to be such a cop out. <laughs> but it would be you're owning it, I so would, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I'd have to do something that would be that's basically like breaking what I think is a dumb law. Oh, okay. And I think like God, oh, that's not even good. No. <laughs> I'm trying. Let me I can ask this. you a different one. Wait, I think. No, no, oh, no. That's, oh, okay. I can't do that. I okay. have to answer the question. Okay. So you're a rule follower. Rule follower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be something like, oh, you're not allowed to like surf at this private beach. It's private property. Yeah. And I'm like, that's dumb. You don't, you know, you're going to get arrested for trespassing. It's like, well, guess what? For an hour, you can't arrest me. 
and look at all these waves I'm getting. That's, <laughs> that's good. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Okay. That's a good one. That's good. Okay, Anna. Now, what would you, what would you do? I might rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. So, okay. Federally insured, right? So all the people yeah. would actually end up getting their money back. Yeah. Yeah. But That'd be the die on there. Yeah, but here's the thing. So then, well, it's legal. It, oh, that's true. I just walk in and say, "I would like the, I would like five million dollars." Thank Please you. Please give me all the cash in this establishment. <laughs> I only got an hour. <laughs> but, so, so then it's, yeah, now it's hour. ninety minutes past that, and it's just cool. They're not like they don't want their money back. Like, see, that's uh, yeah, that's what, the law. What you do. <laughs> Well, see, this is how I'm. Well, we can't overthink question. it yeah. too much. <laughs> so, so it's like it's Anna, all good. Yeah, for, if whatever you do during that hour and the consequences are like done. done. You, you know what I would do? No consequences. I would vandalize. I would do a. I would. <laughs> I would do a huge spray painting. <laughs> I would. Really? I would I would love what? to do like a massive mural somewhere <laughs> on a building. So random. I know, but that's where I went. All right. I would like wow. not not like vandal. That's the prim- graffiti. Graffiti. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, you know how sometimes I, I there's yeah. huge like baseball just baseball bat smashing windows. But oh okay, no! <laughs> yeah, probably wrong word. Sorry. <laughs> no, actually, so it's so funny. My little our little Vons here in town. It's small, and so they don't have enough room for all the supplies. So they put like all the like bottled water kind of outside. <laughs> And it's like on an alley. Yeah. And I was walking by it and I was like, boy, it'd be kind of fun to like <laughs> take a car and just ram into all of this water. And yes. Explode everywhere. Oh my gosh. And, and then I, I was just... like, what a waste of water and the plastic. Right. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. So I was, you That's... know, immediately went back to rule following. Because you have a strong conscience. There's <laughs> nothing wrong good. with that. That's but good. Anna did find this place called Smash It, right? Yeah. Isn't that? And something it, like that. It's something like you can go to a place and you just can destroy shit. Yeah. Wow. To get your anger right, out yeah, right. or yeah. something. Yeah, that's anyway, good. We got to look into That'd that. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maybe John, I'll do the next tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. A mobile smash it. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, oh, actually. God. Anyway, <laughs> John, it has been a pure pleasure to have yeah. you on the show. Yeah, and thank so you. much fun. And thank you for all your insights on connecting. And we just really appreciate you and what you're doing and also your time. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that as well. And can I say that this has been the most favorite podcast I've ever been on? <gasps> really? Oh, oh Thank you. Um, it's the first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> but it still is the favorite. Oh, <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take We're it. like, oh, that's amazing. I can edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, so you can Beautiful. find Tiny House Nation on Netflix and on A and E, right? Yep. Yeah. Anywhere else? All over? Bravo. Yeah, Bravo has our old episodes. Like, if you want to see what Anna looks like and you're, like, really yes. into it, tune into Bravo. Amazon Prime, episode. too. Oh, Amazon Prime. But you have to pay for it there. Yeah, I'm that's sure. true. This is true. But, I mean, I don't get any of that money. Do you get any of it? I don't. So, uh, well, then, scratch just that. Go to Bravo, then. No problem. No Bravo. 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 There you <laughs> Bravo. go. Bravo. Cool. All right. Well, All right, thank guys, you. Lots of fun. Thank you so thank much. You thank so you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, so we talk about connection. That's what our deal is here. So we have a six-step roadmap for instant connection. You can get that at connectionroadmap.com. It will give you the hookup on what to do to get instantly connected with people in this world. 
Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.